Hey, you're listening to Innovators Can Laugh, the fun startup podcast. I'm your host, Eric Melcher. On ICL, we interview an innovative entrepreneur in the European tech startup scene every week. My goal is to have my guests share their wisdom while having a little fun in the process. Now let's dive in. Can you imagine a plant-based food that can help prevent diseases? Well, it exists, and my guest today is taking these foods global. Zipko Jamiarov is the founder of Ancestral Superfoods. His mission is to bring the healing power and benefits of plants and foods to others. They have more than 3,000 customers and are projected to do almost or at $500,000 in 2023. Zipko, welcome to Innovators to Laugh. Yeah, welcome, Eric. Nice to be your guest. Yeah, thank you very much. Pleasure having you here. You know, we started the show off listening to Pro Jam. That was one of your favorite bands, and when you said that, it reminded me of you know back when I was growing up because I used to jam out to Alive and some of the other greatest hits. That's that's one band I wish I could have seen live, but never did. Did you ever get to see them live? Yeah. Me too. I wish to be able to see them live, but never did. And I was growing up with this kind of, of music with Seattle sound. So it's Seattle sound and metal. It's the music I was growing oh, up yeah. to. Yeah. So <laughs> it's yeah, special for me. Nirvana, Pro Jam, and a few other players, bands from, from that area. Great, great time. All right, let's jump into it here. Fun few yeah. questions to get started. $25,000 cash or dinner? With Simon Sinek, which do you choose? The dinner with Simon Sinek. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fuck the catch. <laughs> okay. What's an amazing place that you like to go hiking or walking, Yipko? Again, in Tsum Valley in Nepal. This is the place I lost my heart okay. to. Okay. In Nepal, Tsum Valley. All right. When were you there? When did you first go hiking there? 2018 with my wife. It was very special experience. Okay. Okay, why was it a special? Was there an anniversary or did something occur, Yifko? It was like our spiritual journey, but also honeymoon. And it was just amazing to be without any conceptions in a place which is full of beautiful nature and somehow kind of a mystery to it as well. What was the altitude <laughs> in that area, Yifko? Oh, it's around 4,000 meters. It's not, it's not that high, but you have to get used to it as well because it's, it's pretty significant, at least for us it was. And I'm guessing the time of year you went was probably summer? We went in, in springtime. It was end of April till somehow end of May, and it was perfect. It was just before the raining season in Nepal, and it, the, it was amazing weather. It was like summer in <laughs> Europe. And your wife had a good time too, I imagine? Yeah, yeah, of course. She... she she has experienced this kind of journey for first time too. And we were never been in Asia before, especially in Buddhist country, because we are practicing Tibetan Buddhism together. And it was very precious for us. It sounds, it sounds lovely. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. It was. Uh, all right. Next question for you, Yivko. A favorite, <laughs> a favorite book that you would happily gift to others? Definitely The Dispossessed by Ursula Le Guin. This is what I would like to give to the others, dispossessed. for sure. Yep. The dispossessed, okay. yeah. Have you ever been mistaken for someone else, Yivko? Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the honor to be mistaken okay. for somebody else. <laughs> I do that all the time. I see somebody I think I know, I go start talking to them. I'm like, hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. How's you been? And then 
you know, and then they look at me, they give me this strange look. And that's when it hits me like, oh, I got the wrong person here. <laughs> Sometimes my child is uh, <laughs> mistaking somebody else to <laughs> thinking that this is his father, but yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that is funny sometimes you see your little kid like they're not really looking and they start <laughs> nugging on somebody's like jacket or holding somebody's leg and they don't realize that that's not their mommy or daddy <laughs> maybe he sees some kind of uh, let's say approximately ugly guy with beard and both head. <laughs> this is my father <laughs> <laughs> okay all right here last question for you before we jump into it here what would constitute a perfect day for you, Jivko? A perfect perfect day for me, it will be a day full of meditation in the morning and the evening time and to be able to spend it with my family in the nature. This is my perfect day. All right. Okay, so I want to start with the hardest business that people say it is to run, which is the restaurant mm -hmm. business. And you were in the restaurant yeah. business for a number of years. You you co-founded a restaurant called So Kitchen. How did you get the idea for that, Chipko? Oh, it was actually before we co-founded the restaurant or before we founded the restaurant, it was a catering project. And at that time, I was importing organic food from different European countries. And a friend of mine, Vaseline, he was working as a, organizing the delivery to one of the food chains in Sofia. Both of us, we were vegans and we thought, okay, how we can combine what we have as an expertise and at our hand in a meaningful project. And then we came to the idea, okay, we will start a webpage for catering, for delivery of vegan food to, let's say, for lunchtime. It, in the beginning, it was you can order your lunch from the webpage and you could choose your man, menu or device your man, menu alone. And then we shared the idea with a friend of us. They thought that it was great and we joined as a team and we started doing this catering project first. After the, Did it get any traction in the beginning uh -huh. when you first started? Yeah, it, it got it got traction, but we saw also the difficulties because the kitchen that we were preparing the food was to another restaurant. So we was using it only for a couple of hours a day before lunchtime. And also other difficulties. It was too novel and too early to start a project like this in Sofia, Bulgaria. And when we experienced the first difficulties, then our partner, Betsy, she came and offered us to invest in the project. And then with her investment and with her dedication, then the Soul Kitchen restaurant was born. How did you get born. the word out initially and, and start yeah. getting some customers that you could cater to? Word of mouth and Facebook. In the beginning of Facebook, it was quite easy to, let's say, to spread out the message about these kind of projects because... It was not that time that you had to do heavy advertising or you had to do some hacking and tricks so that people can see you. And uh, it was, let's say, so the vegan scene was in the early stages and it was more easy. And of course, so we told everybody who knows that we have started this project and it was started to spread out a little bit. And in the restaurant, we never done any kind of advertising at all. So it was completely word of mouth and also media who like the place, they make articles about it and stuff like that, but we never made any At kind of time, advertising. At that time, was it one of the first vegan restaurants in Bulgaria? It was the first vegan restaurant in Sofia and there was a vegan place in Plovdiv a little bit before that called Vegic, but 
a restaurant of this kind of concept, high quality gourmet food, which is only plant-based, completely plant-based, it yeah. was the first place in, I think, in Bulgaria yeah. as well. I Not used to work in, and as a waiter for a number of years, a long time ago mm -hmm. in, in a restaurant. And I've always heard, you know, talking to the owners or the managers that the profit margin was very small. But I'm wondering mm. when it comes to a vegan restaurant, like what are, what are, what are some of the margins, average margins that you get? Is it more profitable than your average restaurant? And so it's like you work with 100% margin or something like that. Depends on what kind of ingredients you're using and what is your strategy, let's say. In Soul Kitchen, we have worked always with really high quality and price ingredients. And of course, this makes your margin a little bit less because you cannot offer a meal in an insane price, let's say, <laughs> to the customer because then you don't, you're not going to have any business at all. And it, we try to have like a balanced margin strategy, which is more or less like any kind of a restaurant, which is in Sofia or Bulgaria is going to. So it's like a standard scheme when you have a okay. restaurant. And so how long were you doing this? And what were some of the, you know, why, why did you have to give it up? Or why did you move on to something else? Because I'm assuming that it no longer exists. Oh, it's still existing. And I was in the project from 2012 till 2020. I just so played my role, let's say like this. I was feeling spread out between Soul Kitchen and Ancestor Superfoods, like sitting on two chairs and part of my energy was flowing to the restaurant and part of the other energy was flowing to Ancestor Superfoods. And it was a little bit of a struggle for me. And then I just decided to focus all my efforts and energy in Ancestor okay. Superfoods. Because in my eyes, this project could go global and could spread out in other countries. And my goals with Ancestral Superfoods, apart from producing this kind of plant-based functional foods, which are high quality and somehow unique, I just wanted to reach out to other people who have struggled or are struggling like I have struggled and just to try to help them with my experience. This is the most important Got thing you. in my mission. Got you. So before we jump into yeah. Ancestral, did you, were you ever the chef at the restaurant? Were you ever behind the kitchen? Oh, actually, no. With my partner, we have worked as waiters and we were in the whole process, of course, observing just like managing the process and organizing it, but I was never chef. So this is silly tough and specific job and you have to have these talents to cook in exceptional way. And it's like a meat grinder. So this is one of the most toughest jobs you can oh, I have know. actually. Yeah, I, I know. Most chef, of the chefs I one. worked for were like Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Ramsay always, always yelling at the waiters yeah. <laughs> about something. <laughs> yeah, most of them are sociopaths actually. <laughs> but somehow I understand them as well. Yeah, it's the unique kind of stress they're experiencing doing this. And they have to organize everything yeah. like a machine. So it's understandable. Yeah, you can't in accept delays. Like, oh, this is going to be delayed five minutes. It's like, no, it can't. You know, it, it's it's got to get out right now. Yeah. And stop what you're doing. Yeah, because the customers are also complaining about it, you know, and they have always yeah. right. So okay. this is how it is. So <laughs> I read somewhere that you had an incident that involved a stroke. And... <laughs> When did this occur yeah. and what impact did it have on you and, and how you live your life? Oh, it, it occurred in 2013. I was on a business journey in Austria. At that time, I was managing the branch office of the biggest Austrian organic certification body, Austria Bio Guarantee. 
And it was a very stressful time because we had problems with the institutions in Bulgaria, getting our approval, you know, in Bulgaria, it's tough. <laughs> to get the bureaucracy, the this bureaucracy working and moving. Probably like so, that here in Romania too, uh, I think, because most Romanians will probably say. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Romania is better, I would say that. <laughs> and yeah, and this was putting a lot of stress in me. And maybe because of this stress, I got this uh, incident with the brain hemorrhage. It was like blood vessel was somehow exploded. And then the doctors found only the the consequence after that. So this blood in the brain, so it's like, how should I say it? A super nodial stroke Were you or something unconscious? like that. Did you go unconscious? I, no, I was conscious. I had extreme headache. So this kind of headache I have never experienced in my life before that or after that or anyway. <laughs> it was really like your head is going to split open this kind of a pain which is never going away. Oh my God. And I was, I was conscious, but I was in extreme pain and I was like feeling that time is slowing down. So it was like in a, some kind of a loop, which is you feel slow and time is slowing down, but you, you somehow are still conscious and you're experiencing what is happening around you. And I was unable to sleep because this incident happened in the nighttime, something around nine o'clock PM. And after that, I have never slept like more like so 33 hours or something like that i was unable to sleep because of this headache although i got painkillers for that like intravenous painkiller and yeah it was a defining moment and when i was lying in the icu i was thinking okay now maybe it's a good idea that i say goodbye to every friend of mine and to my family as well just to part from them you know in your mental state to be able to have it like more easier for you because otherwise I was thinking, okay, if I was not going to see them again and to meet them again, so it would, it's better just to say goodbye in any way, in any case, <laughs> like an insurance, you know, and I was parting with my loved ones also thinking about it if I don't get the chance to survive this. And also thinking what I would do if I survive this incident, actually, if I get over it. And then the vision for ancestral superfoods came. So I just thought, okay, this would be a senseless, a sensible thing to do, something which could be beneficial also for other human beings and somehow that I could help them as well. To not go through this way that I was going, Did you think or did the doctors tell you that? Happened. Part of the reason you had this stroke was due to your diet, or did you did you somehow feel like, okay, wait a minute, the diet impacts my health, and maybe I just need to start eating better, and so that way I could feel better. All right, let's take a break. Better proposals. What are those? Sounds like how to pop the big question, right? Actually, no. Better proposals is a web-based platform that makes it easy for you to close more deals and get paid faster using beautiful digital documents. That's right, no more paper or boring PDFs getting junked, just instant wow factor. With their intuitive visual editor, you can literally build and send on-brand visually impressive documents in minutes. Track your customers' interaction with them in real time and get instant sign-off with legally binding digital signatures. But my favorite thing is just how good these documents look. They're so visually impressive and as you know, First impressions means a lot. So make it a good one. 
Learn how Better Proposals can streamline your sales process at betterproposals.io. So actually the doctors told me that my blood vessels are normally in a very, very good condition because I was eating since years plant-based. So they told me, okay, you're like 30 years old, but your blood vessels are really in excellent condition. So this is not the problem, actually. <laughs> the problem was maybe this unique stress that I was experiencing and also high blood pressure because of the stress and from the high blood pressure, this blood vessel in my brain exploded. So it's something like that. What was maybe the reason for this incident in the first place? But nevertheless, I saw the direct link. So when they told me, okay, you see the conditions of your blood vessel is really good. Then I thought, okay, so what was what I was doing with my diet? So with the way I eat is actually doing something on my general health condition. It's not without purpose, <laughs> let's say. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you obviously made a good recoveries here. You able to focus on just ancestral. Mm. When customers discover ancestral superfoods, what is it that they really like about it, Jivko? So they really like that the taste of the product is natural, that they are made from whole ingredients and local ingredients as well, and that they feel that they're working because most of our customers are females. And so when they consume the products, because we first started with the foods, so they told us, okay, our problem with bloating is disappearing or we feel generally more energized and we have more balance and stuff like that because we make like surveys with our customers on a regular basis. We just want to receive feedback, how are their experience with our products, what we could do better and improve maybe the ingredients or the packaging and et cetera. And then we have this feedback from them. So like I feel more energized or my problem with bloating has disappeared or I have better digestion, stuff like that, which is maybe because really something is happening or maybe this is part of a bigger change that they make with their eating habits. Because I do believe that food is one part of the whole solution and you have to put also the other parts in order so that you could have a holistic approach and live better. Because if you eat good and you have a healthy diet, but you are not exercising or you're not physically enough or you're not physically active or you don't sleep enough or you just don't work with your emotions, then you don't have the whole picture. So it's just one part of the whole solution. How did you get, um, now, how did you get this to market specifically outside Bulgaria? Because you're in a, you're in a number of countries right now. Did you find a distributor or did you do something else? So we work in, um, mixed model where, where it's possible, we try to sell directly through our webpage and with the fulfillment centers and where it's not possible, or there is a good opportunity to have a, the right distributor because it has to be a company, which is more or less open for trying new products and innovative products and willing to take this kind of a risk to put them on the new market. Then we start working with them, of course, as well. For example, in Czech Republic and Slovakia, we have an amazing partner. We're distributing our products there and he's selling our products there. And he's our only partner for these markets. And we try to use a model which is good for everybody. So if we work with a distributor, we are always open and fair to them. And we are discussing with them how it's going to be the general strategy so that we are not somehow, let's say, being incorrect to them or something like that. Okay. Competing with them, which is yeah. 
zero sense. It's like. And so, what are some of your top selling products right now, Jacob? Oh, it's uh, the top selling products is from the powders, of course, Dridus, which is uh, the product for female health. Now, uh, because also like sixty eight percent of eighty six percent of our customers are females. And new ones that we launched in this year, the granolas, the breakfast products are really best-selling products right now. And the new ones, these uh, bites, which are like sweets, like that. <laughs> it's very, yeah. yeah. So I will send send to you in Romania from the products, yeah, by the way. Please do. I, <laughs> so I would love to try it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get my diet. Yeah, I'm I will, trying to make my diet a little bit better. Eat less meat. Trying to, you know, eat more, eat more greens or plant-based food. So please, mm -hmm. please do. And yeah, it will be great to have your yeah, feedback yeah, as well. <laughs> have you had any? Are you bootstrapping this entirely, or have you had any investment? If you had any investment, what has that experience been like? We are. We started first with our investment from like co-founders of the company. Then a new amazing people joined the project who were like our first business angels investors. And they are also active in the project as well, because for them, it was not only in business, but also like a passion. So they got this passion for the project. We connected with them based on my story and my spiritual journeys and experience. And this is how we are still operating right now. And now we are preparing and we are open for discussion, of course, for additional investments, which will help us to prepare these new markets and do the marketing for, for them. And just to, let's say, to explore this possibility and be able to sell sustainable okay. there. Okay. What are you excited about in the next 12 months as it relates to Ancestral? Uh, so in the next 12 months, we will be focused in building up the foreign markets, which we already have more or less presence in. Of course, in UK, our Amazon store, which is already set up for, for a real start. <laughs> in Romania, we have a distributor and we have also our webpage, which we, we want to start in a way that we are doing in Bulgaria too. We have new partners for North Macedonia, Albania and Kosovo, which are going to start working on the marketing 2023 in January. And of course, other possibilities, like I told you, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Australia, we have a partner already there. We are building up currently for France and Germany. And of course, my biggest dream is to go to USA and Canada as well, because these products will need almost to zero explanation to the public in USA and Canada, which know what is protein fermentation and this kind of novelty yeah. food, which is beneficial for the yeah. gut health. Yeah. In East Europe and in Europe, it's more difficult explaining these products, let's say. It's, they already somehow novel for the market yeah, here. Very true. I mean, that, that's funny because you said 80% of your customers, or maybe even more than 80% are female. But I think once you go into the mm -hmm. US, mm -hmm. you'll, you'll start to see a shift. It may still lean mm -hmm. more towards females, but be, I think there'll be more male customers too, because I was eating crickets like seven years ago. I would get crickets in the mail, put them in a protein blender, and uh, having with my shake. And so that educational aspect of educating the public or the consumers about the benefits of plant-based mm -hmm. food, you won't really need to do as much in those markets as you do here in yeah, Eastern Europe. And there is already, you have like corn, you have Oatly, you have Beyond Meat yeah. and Impossible Foods. It's just like exploding the whole plant-based alternative scene. And it's really, it's really nice thing for 
I think, for the animals and for yeah. the human beings yeah. as well. Like I said, I'm starting to eat less meat, but coming from Texas, I grew up on barbecue, so I still love <laughs> I still love my, my barbecue too. That isn't going. <laughs> I can feel for you. <laughs> okay, where can so my father will be your best yeah. friend. <laughs> Yeah, we grew up yeah. on, on barbecue here in Fajitas. Yeah. Yeah. Last question for you. What's a mistake that yeah. you made early in your career as you were trying to grow Ancestral? Mm-hmm. And how has that shaped how you do things today? So we made several mistakes, like relying maybe only on the biggest distributors that we can get in contact with or trying to do everything to be in the biggest food chains which turned out to be a mistake because our products were yeah. too novel for them. And of course, of course, making some mistakes in the marketing department and also with sales representatives, also regarding packaging of the products and the whole concept of the products as well. But we learned a lot from this experience. So it's somehow strange, you know, when you make these mistakes, you lose money and you say, okay, this was really fucked up because we work only with our own investment and with the investment from our business angels and somehow this has gone completely wrong because the money so is already spent. But from the other hand, you say, okay, if we haven't made this kind of moves, we were never going to be able to see that it was a mistake and to learn from it and to see that it, it was not our way to go. So somehow we try to take the best from best lessons from every mistakes we make and just to, let's say, to not repeat them. So to have the the best possible solution you, for us. Do you us. have a community or is there a community you're involved with where there's other entrepreneurs that have some sort of plant-based or vegan food that they're trying to take to the market? I mean, Carnal Bites, which I'm, I know you're aware of, but is there any other mm-hmm. entrepreneurs that you're connected with that you guys are exchanging ideas and learning from? Actually, yes, mostly with everybody because I'm since more than 12 years in the whole organic movement and plant-based scene in Bulgaria. And uh, since the beginning, my idea was to build cooperations with others, other innovative food brands and companies. Because when you come from a country like Bulgaria, first you're far away from the You're just too small. You have, which could not be so interesting in other countries. So if you connect to other brands and you can build a cooperation with them so that together all these companies are presenting themselves to foreign distributors or they share costs for marketing and stuff like that. This is the much more, this is the better way. And this is what I try to build up and to send as a message also to my friends from other brands and companies as well. Cooperation instead of competition. This is how you yeah. can grow up. Uh, all right. Where can people learn more about you, Jibco, and Ancestral Superfoods? Yeah, they can learn more about us on www.ancestralsuperfoods.bg or they can connect directly with me in LinkedIn. So I'm quite active in the social network and I'm always open to share my experience to help anybody who wants to change his health or health habits or just or wants to start projecting the plant-based team or need some kind of inspiration, I'm open to Fantastic. help. Fantastic. All right, Jeffco, thank you for coming on Innovators Collab. For everybody listening, thank you for, for tuning in. If you enjoy this, feel free to tell other people about it. You can also sign up for our newsletter and see upcoming guests. Also ask me questions that you would like to me to ask them on the show. And until next week, if you can, help somebody else. And uh, have a great week. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, Eric. 
listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate it if you could give us a review and star rating. Also, don't forget to sign up for the ICO newsletter at innovatorscanlaugh.com where you can get the bio and details of each guest. Thanks.